Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. We want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. Glad to have you with us. We also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program. Glad to have you tuning in as well. And we're also uh, joined by those on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program, wherever you're tuning in from today. Just a reminder that those of you listening on the East Coast, in the area around Tennessee, you're hearing this program on a one-week delay, but we'd still love for you to call in and be part of the show, and then you guys will get the unique opportunity where you get to tune in a week later and actually hear yourself on the radio. And don't just use that opportunity to listen to yourself on the radio, but use that opportunity to introduce somebody else. You know, Use that as a, a doorway by which you can say, hey, I'm going to be on the air at this time next week. Tune in with me uh, and listen. That might be a way that you can introduce them to Christian radio in their area and the great stations there of Hope FM and Truth FM in your given areas. But for those of you Listening in Colorado and in southern Wyoming on Grace FM, as well as those of you listening online, you are hearing the show live today. Today is April 2nd. It is Good Friday. And so we're excited to be celebrating this day that's called Good Friday. It is, in, it is interesting, isn't it, that we call this day Good Friday. This is the day when the Lord of life was snuffed out, when he was cut down. And yet we call it Good Friday because this is the day when we know that Jesus declared, uh, it is finished, not as a sigh of, of concession or giving up or losing, but in a, in a declaration of victory. Jesus declared, it is finished. Everything that the Father had sent him to do, all of God's plan for redemption throughout the ages, all, all that was needed for us to be reconciled to God and for our sins to be forgiven so we could have eternal life, it was finished and completed by Jesus on the cross. And that is what makes Good Friday good. And we know that if Jesus finished what God sent him to do on the cross, then we can be sure that he will also finish the good work that he has started in us. And we can be sure that he will also bring to completion the good works that he wants to do through us in the world. And so Good Friday truly is good because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross he took the curse that we deserved upon himself you know, it says in galatians chapter 3 cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree this is something that actually comes from the book of deuteronomy and it tells us that as jesus hung upon the tree he took the curse for our sins upon himself transferred to him so that he could transfer to us his righteousness so that we could be saved and made right with god so that we could have eternal life in heaven with him. That's really good news. And we're celebrating that today. And I'd love to answer your questions, especially questions related to Easter and Good Friday. I've got some lined up that we can talk about. 
But if you have questions related to anything at all uh, going on in your life, any Bible questions you might have, things that you've read about and always wondered about um, regarding the Bible, I'd love to answer some of those questions for you. If you have uh, prayer requests for things going on in your life or in the lives of friends and family that you would like to um, pray for here on the air, I would love to pray with you and pray for you for those prayer requests. So the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. And one more time, the call-in line here at the beginning of the show, by the way, Always the best time to call in because we've got all open lines, so we can take you very quickly if you call in. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Once again, 303-690-3000. So I want to give a big hello to everyone who's tuning in online today. I just got a map a few moments ago with the um, list of where people are tuning in from. Looks like we've got people up and down the West Coast in California. Looks like some listeners in New Mexico as well as in Texas, Louisiana, across the Midwest, up into Chicago. And we've got listeners up and down the front range of the Rockies here in Colorado and looks like up into Wyoming as well. And looks like we've also got some international listeners today in Ukraine. So welcome to our international listeners. Welcome to all of those of you who are tuning in online. Just want to encourage those of you who haven't yet done so to go ahead and get our Grace FM app. It's a free app. You can put it on your phone, on your tablet, and you can listen anywhere in the country, actually anywhere in the world. Wherever you have an internet connection, you'll be able to tune in to this show and any of our other shows that, that air on Grace FM. You'll be able to do that live. So go and get that Grace FM app just by typing in Grace FM as one word, no spaces, into the search bar in your App Store or in Google Play Store. It'll come right up. Put it on your device, and you'll be all set to go. And you can also tune in um, online, again, anywhere in the world by going to gracefm.com. Looks like we also have an online listener today in Bogota, Colombia. So welcome to you. Good to have you. Uh, looks like there's been a few of them over the past few days. So that's awesome. G glad to see how we've got listeners who are tuning in all over the world. So welcome to you wherever you're tuning in from. Again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests, anything that you have that you want to talk to from talk about from a biblical perspective. Maybe it's things that you haven't understood about the Bible. Um, maybe it's things that you're curious how to apply it to your life. Or maybe it's a prayer request you have. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel affiliated church here in this great city just up the road from Boulder. Uh, here, you know, just a few kind of in between Denver and Fort Collins for those of you who aren't familiar with where Longmont is. But of course, for most of our listeners here in Colorado and Wyoming, of course, you know where Longmont is. And we'd love to have you join us. If you are within driving distance of Longmont, we'd love to have you join us. We're having services right now in person and online. So we're fully in person and fully online. Uh, we have three services every Sunday morning in person and two online services. So if you're within driving distance or maybe if you're in one of the surrounding communities and you're looking for a place to go to church um, in person, we'd love to have you. You know, if you're in Frederick, Firestone, Decono, if you're in Longmont proper, 
here in Erie or Lafayette or getting into like North Boulder, Niwot, Gun Barrel, into Lyons, Berthoud, all of these places. We'd love to have you come and join us and worship with us uh, in person. Our services in person are 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And we have a full children's ministry. We call it Next Gen here at Whitefields, and that is at the 9.30 service right now, soon to expand to the 11 o'clock service as well. But we'd love for you to register ahead of time to make sure that you reserve your spot. We just opened some new classes as well to to uh, create a little bit more capacity. But uh, we'd love to have you join us in person for that. If you need children's ministry, remember to come at the 9.30 service. And we are also online on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, as well as on YouTube and, and Facebook every Sunday at 9.30 and 11. Well, this weekend, we'd love to have you join us as well, especially because this is Holy Week and, of course, Resurrection Sunday. And so today, actually right after this show, so right now it's it's like 4.10. Well, in 50 minutes uh, at 5 o'clock, we're having a Good Friday service, and then we're having a second Good Friday service at 6.30. So two Good Friday services. Maybe you're out driving or maybe you're catching the show and you're like, oh, actually, uh, I didn't go to Good Friday service you know, earlier today. I would really like to go. Well, we'd love to have you, and we have room for you here at 5 o'clock and 6.30 here at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. You can find us just by Googling us online, but I'll also give you the address. The address is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. The zip code is 80504, and what that tells you is that we're on the east side of Longmont, uh, right in between downtown Longmont and I-25, so very easy access for those of you who come from surrounding communities, we're right in between actually County Line Road and I-25. So if you're coming uh, from any of the surrounding communities, it's very easy. We're actually right on Highway 119, and uh, we are directly across from Sandstone Ranch Community Park. So if you'd like to join us tonight for a Good Friday service, we'd love to have you. It's at 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock. We're going to be studying and worshiping, praying, taking communion. It's going to be a really, really uh, meaningful time. So join us for that. And then Easter Sunday, uh, in addition to our regular three services, we're actually having a fourth. We're doing also a sunrise service at 6.30 a.m. Now, this is something that Christians have traditionally done all the way back until the time of the early church because, as you read in the Gospels, the women who went out to Jesus' grave to really pay their respects, they didn't expect that he was going to be risen. They went out to pay their respects. It says they went out while it was still dark, right before the sunrise. But also, did you know that the sunrise is a Christian symbol, right? There's a lot of symbolism in the sunrise, that just as the darkness has been there, right? The light of the world has come. Jesus is called the morning star. The morning star is the last star that you can see in the sky during the dawn, right before the sun crests the horizon and the new day begins. And first, or sorry, Second Peter chapter 1 tells us that soon the new day will dawn because Jesus has resurrected from the grave and we can be sure of it. And so we gather on Resurrection Sunday to celebrate the new day that is coming because Jesus has risen from the grave. So join us at 6.30. We're going to be in a grassy area right in front of our church outside watching the sunrise. And then you can also join us at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11. We'll have children's ministry this Sunday at both the 9.30 and 11 a.m. services, so you can register for both of those. And um, we're actually doing a separate sermon for that 6.30 service. So if you're looking for a sunrise service, we'd love to have you. 
Uh, look us up, Whitefields Church, Whitefields Community Church. Just remember, Whitefields is two words, or you can go to our website, whitefieldschurch.com. And then um, we'd love to have you come and join us for sunrise service, separate message for the sunrise service, as opposed to our our other services at 8, 9.30, and 11. So we'd love to have you come out uh, for one or both of those. All right, let's get to our callers. We've got Trent in Conifer. Hi, Trent. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Can you hear me okay? I can. Doing well. How are you? Great. Awesome. What's up? So my wife and I were talking about uh, Good Friday and trying to understand the Last Supper and all that stuff. Yeah. And we uh, got a little confused about the chronology because I know that, like, they were trying to rush the crucifixion because they were talking about the day of preparation. But Jesus had his Passover meal, I think, on Thursday. So we're trying to understand how that all how that all timed out. Yeah, no, I, I wrote an article on this, and um, just re- I'd love to send it to you or anybody else out there. But there is um, a really good answer to it, and here's the answer. It's kind of going to mess up the way that you think about Good Friday and and actually Maundy Thursday, because it turns out the Maundy Thursday was on a Thurs was on a Wednesday, so it's not Maundy Thursday. It should be Maundy Wednesday. Good Friday should actually be Good Thursday, and I know that that goes against the way that the it's so ingrained in our culture to think of Jesus being crucified on a Thursday rather than a Friday, but it actually makes a ton of sense. And not only does it make a ton of sense mathematically, it also, um, it, it's also actually what the Bible says. And, and I could explain it to you. It's, it's not too complicated, but you, you will have to hang with me. Um, it'll probably take me about, I'd say two or three minutes to explain it. Here, here's the deal. Jesus himself said that, uh, Remember, they asked him for a sign. Matthew chapter 12, the scribes and Pharisees asked Jesus for a sign. How can we know you're really the Messiah? Jesus says, here's the one and only sign I will give you, the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, here's the problem. If Jesus died on Good Friday, right around noon, let's say, and if he rose on Easter Sunday, then that does not add up to three days and three nights. At most, you know, if we even try to fudge the numbers a little bit, right, and say, okay, well, Jews understand that the the new day begins at the sunset, not at the sunrise. Well, we're still left with only two and a half days and two nights. So uh, does that mean that Jesus did not even stay in the grave long enough to fulfill his own prophecy about himself? And the answer is that Truly, Jesus was in the grave for three days and three nights. That's actually repeated by the New Testament apostles, right? So Peter says it in Acts chapter 10. He says three days, three nights. Paul the apostle says it in 1 Corinthians 15, three days, three nights. But again, it's going to mess with the way we think about Good Friday. And here's, here's basically how it all works out. And, and once you really understand it, it's actually more impressive, more amazing than, than if, if we had stuck with the, the old way of thinking. Now, um, here's why. The, the Jewish calendar is based on the cycles of the moon. So it's a lunar calendar as opposed to our calendar, which is a solar calendar, which means it's based on the rotation of the earth around the sun. So as a result of that, uh, they don't always correspond, right? Because uh, that's why we have Easter. The date of Easter changes every year because in, in Western Christianity, Easter is celebrated on the Sunday following the Paschal full moon. That's why the date of Easter changes every year. Um, but 
the first thing we, we know is the first thing we have to know is this what is a sabbath and this is really important because a sabbath there was more than one kind of sabbath right we, we all know that saturday is sabbath but we also know from the bible that there were other sabbaths which were called special sabbaths so i'm going to just read to you from john chapter 19 verse 31 here's what it says now it was the day of preparation now understand that's the day when jesus was on the cross is the day of preparation and the next day was to be a special sabbath because the jewish leaders didn't want the bodies left on the crosses during the sabbath they asked pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down so the special sabbath referred to here was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is a holiday which is always observed on the 15th day of Nisan, according to the Jewish calendar. So that's, that is uh, according to the book of Leviticus, chapter 24, which says that the Feast of Unleavened Bread always takes place on the 15th of Nisan. Now here's the, here's the thing. Just think about how, you know how sometimes, uh, let's say the 4th of July, falls on a Tuesday, sometimes it falls on a Thursday, sometimes it falls, falls on a Saturday or Sunday. Why? Because it's always the same day of the week. Well, in the same, same way, the 15th day of Nisan would sometimes fall on uh, a Thursday or it could fall on a Friday. So in this case, what happened was you had the, the 15th day of Nisan fell on a Friday which meant that that Friday became, as John's Gospel tells us, a special Sabbath. And then the, um, the regular Sabbath, right, which is the every week Sabbath, is Saturday. So in other words, there was a day when there were two Sabbaths right next to each other. This also explains why they didn't go to, find, to anoint Jesus' body or, or pay their respects at the tomb until Sunday morning after the two uh, sorry, the three days had passed on the third day, right? And so the reason is because they, they weren't allowed to go and move around like that on the Sabbath day, but there were two Sabbaths in a row, a special Sabbath on Friday and a regular Sabbath on Saturday. So in other words, Jesus was crucified on a Thursday. He was then in the grave for three days and three nights. On the third day, he rose again. Does that make sense? It does. I've never heard of special Sabbaths before, so that now it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So check it out if you're interested in looking it up more. That's John 19:31, and then the the corresponding passage is in Leviticus 24. Perfect. Thanks so much. My pleasure. God bless you. All right. Bye bye. It's good to hear from Trent. You know, Trent used to serve at times uh, at Calvary Live as a producer. So we're really glad to hear from Trent at, out in Conifer, Colorado. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to our next caller, Will, in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Will. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going, Pastor Nick? Going great. What's up? I, I was just, I don't see a ready, a ready use, I guess, of uh, healing or uh, those type of gifts, I guess, what Jesus was able to do while he was on earth. And throughout uh, the four Gospels, I went through them today, uh, it depicts, by lack of belief, through uh, multiple instances, that they were not able to either heal or, you know, they just teach. And even somebody that wasn't even marked as an apostle or was taught under Jesus was able to cast out a demon, and the disciples rebuked him. 
So I guess my question is, is like, where are, is the ready use, I guess, of the spiritual gifts by, well, those spiritual gifts by the church, I guess. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a good, good question. And um, here's a few things. I think I can only remember one instance. Maybe there's more, but maybe you help me out. I think it's in Mark chapter six, where it says that Jesus could do no miracles in that place because of their unbelief. That's the only passage I can think of that says that. Um, there are other times, however, where Jesus tells somebody that because of their faith, they have received a healing. Um, I think it's pretty important to remember that with Jesus, right, the reason why D Jesus was doing these things, uh, the Gospel of John tells us that they were signs. And the nature of a sign, right, is that the purpose of a sign is not to bring attention to itself, the purpose of a sign is to point to something beyond itself. And what were Jesus' miracles signs of? They were signs of the kingdom which he had come to establish. They were basically previews. It was like opening a window to the kingdom. And he bestowed that power, of course, on his disciples. He would send them out with the authority which he gave them to cast out demons and to preach the gospel and to, to do those things. And so are, does that still exist today? I think the answer has to be yes. I mean, we, we don't see any reason to believe that it has gone away or changed. It is important to remember that Paul in, um, let's see, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about diversities of gifts, right? He says that the, the body of Christ needs to function as a body. And he insinuates that not everybody has the same gift, right? So not everybody speaks in tongues not everybody prophesies not everybody is a teacher because he uses the analogy of a body that we need all the parts of the body in order to be healthy right if we were all fingers then uh you know where where would the liver be and things like that so uh, i think it's an important question you're asking i think it's something we should be seeking after but i think that we should also take note of the fact that it like in the book of acts right the book of acts covers a lot of history a lot of ground, many decades. And yet, during those decades, we're told of a handful of miracles. Now, we're also told that there were other miracles taking place that we don't always hear about. And so, um, you know, I think that to assume that in the early church, like miracles were happening just nonstop, constantly, all the time, is probably not something that we can say categorically, you know, based on Scripture. But um, I'm with you in the sense that these are things that we should be praying for and seeking after. They sh certainly shouldn't be the focus, however, right? Uh, I'll give you one thought that comes to mind about this. I've, I've always thought about this for years. You know, and there was, there was a man named John Wimber many years ago. Um, he was a big part of the Vineyard Movement. He's kind of the grandfather or the father of the Vineyard Movement. And he had a book out in the 80s called Power Evangelism. And his kind of big theory was that if people see signs and wonders, that, that will be something which causes them to believe and causes them to come to faith in Jesus and put their faith in Jesus. The only problem I have with that theory is that if you look through the Bible, you see that on one occasion Jesus fed 5,000 and that was just the men. So it might have been somewhere around you know, 12,000 people in that case. Another time he feeds 4,000. And, and then there are so many people who see his miracles and yet there are um, all these people who saw him do miracles and yet on the day of Pentecost 
right? How many believers are still there committed? 120. So literally tens of thousands of people saw miracles. And yet, when it comes down to it, right? It, it, we even know that 500 people at one time saw Jesus risen from the grave. And yet, where are those people on the day of Pentecost? They didn't become converted, uh, dedicated followers of Jesus just by seeing those miracles. And so, where does faith come from? The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. I would say that there's a greater need for people to hear the truth of the gospel message than there is for them to see uh, supernatural things take place. So, that's... My two cents there for you, Will. What do you What do you think? I 100% agree with you that it's not a works-based thing. Uh, in Acts, it alliterates that uh, Peter would even go uh, as he walked through the streets. People would lay him or lay people in the streets just so his shadow would go upon them. And I'm not saying like we should be seeking it, but I'm pretty sure I read either at the end of Matthew or the end of Luke that. Uh, Christ charged them to go about healing. I'm just stuck on it because, I, as you say, not all our fingers, not all our ears and all that, I don't see a ready use of it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And if it is, it's definitely being ignored. Mm -hmm. I mean, when was the last time you heard of somebody actually miraculously being healed well, at all? I mean, honestly, there there have been times when we've seen that happen in our own congregation. I've seen it happen with people that we prayed for. I could tell you a few stories. Um, however, I will also tell you that, uh, and uh, I think this is probably part of your experience in you know in your personal experience with with churches maybe that you've been a part of. I'll tell you that I've been kind of on both sides of it, where I've seen an overemphasis on seeking these things. And I've seen the detriment that that has led to. But um, that is not to say that uh, I'm with you, that we, we're always seeking this balance. This is, like the, this is like the Holy Grail that we're always seeking after. How do we get that appropriate balance of you know, seeking the things of the Spirit and you know, being active in the gifts of the Spirit, using them? And then how do we avoid you know, going to the other side of having too much emphasis on that to where we neglect the word. Uh, I'll tell you one uh, instance I had. I was invited to speak at this very charismatic gathering. And at this gathering, they were not used to having people teach the Bible. I mean, this is a gathering that had been going on for years. And the leaders of it, they, they realized that it was way out of proportion, right? They were seeking the gifts. It was a lot of prayer for healing and things like that. And, um, and looking for words of prophecy and things like that. And yet they, they realize that this isn't healthy long-term. They need strong Bible teaching. And so they had asked me to come in as a guest and teach at their, at their um, gathering. So I'm there. There's maybe like 80 people there. And I start teaching. And it was so interesting to see how people were like, some people were frustrated. And they were upset. And I, I heard afterwards, I talked to the leaders and they were like, yeah, that was, they, they are not used to listening to the scriptures and having the scriptures taught. And they said, that's the exact problem we're having is that these people are always seeking these experiences and these manifestations of the spirit to the point where they don't even know the word of God. 
and um, they're not healthy, well-rounded believers. So, Will, I'm with you. That's the goal, is to have a biblical, well-rounded faith, and we need both the Spirit and the Word and the Spirit working through the Word. Amen. Because, I mean, I, even as you noted, like, I love the fact that even though he wasn't able to do many great healings in Capernaum, he taught. And mm. everywhere he went, mm. even before he did miracles, he did, uh, he taught the word of God that the That's kingdom right. is here. I have to let you go because we just reached our mid-show break. But thanks for the great discussion. God bless you, Will. And uh, we'll be right back in two minutes' time. You're listening to Calvary Live. Give us a call. We've got two open lines, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today on this Good Friday, uh, broadcasting to you live from Longmont. Glad to be with you today. Uh, we have two open lines right now, so you can give us a call with your questions about the Bible and with your prayer requests. We'd love to get you on in the second half of the show. So the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. 690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Sheila in Lancaster, PA. Welcome to the program, Sheila. Good to have you. Hi. Um, my uh, dad was um, laying in bed, and uh, the door was ajar, and this bright light came and he said that he could see like a covering over of the head like nothing just i i guess there was no face just a bright light and he had to cover his, his head so he's always wondered if it was of god or I mean, I, it's it was light, so we were we think, but but he's not, you know, really sure, and yeah. I guess it made him, you know, fearful. Um, he was may, maybe not there. His faith probably wasn't. He, he, he was probably like 28, 29, something like that. And um, his, his faith wasn't real strong. So he's wondering if it was of God or not. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, um, it certainly wouldn't be the first time that somebody had a vision of an angel like that. I mean, we read about Mary, the mother of Jesus, having a vision of an angel. We read about... Um, Joseph, right, Jesus' stepfather, if you will, having a um, vision of an angel. We see, like, at the resurrection, the people who went to the tomb saw angels. Um, there were definitely times in the Bible where we see that. On the other hand, we're also told in the Bible that we shouldn't uh, trust that every 
you know, angel of light, so to say, is from God because it says that even Satan can uh, disguise himself as an angel of light. And so to answer your question, I guess I would just ask you, what was the result of that vision? I mean, what did it lead to in your father's life? Did it lead him towards seeking the Lord? Did it lead him away from the Lord? I mean, what was the result? Uh, I believe it led him more closer to the Lord. Okay. Yeah, well then in that case, you know, the word angel, by the way, in in the Greek and Hebrew languages, it literally just means messenger, a messenger from God. And yet we know that these are non-human, but yet spiritual beings. Sometimes they're manifested in ways that people can see them. So, I mean, I have no reason to to question that this was from God. I mean, especially if as a result of this, it's something which caused him to seek the Lord more than he had before. Um, so, yeah, that would be my answer. I do know this, that whenever we see angels who are from the Lord in the Bible, that those angels always point people to the Lord. They always, essentially, they don't bring attention or, let's say, awe and wonder that's directed towards themselves, but it's always pointing people to God, right? Worshiping him, obeying him, hearing his voice, those kinds of things. And actually, you know, I mean, we're, we're warned against the worship of angels in the Bible, lest we become too, you know, overly, I guess, consumed with or fascinated by, um, by angels. So that would be my, my take on it. Like I said, I, I, I can't know for sure, but it sounds like it could have easily been, you know, what we see described in the Bible as God sending a messenger. Just remember that the, the purpose of angels in the Bible, they're, they are messengers from God, and they point not to themselves, but to God. And this this, this angel didn't speak. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering. Like, they all spoke to Mary, Mary Magdalene, Mary, Joseph's mother, right? Right, 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 yeah. They all spoke, and this, this one did not. Mm. So I guess that might be... Yeah, I mean, there were t- there were times that I can think of in the Bible where there were angels who didn't necessarily speak either. And so I, I don't think that by itself means that it could not have been from God. I guess my, my main question would be, did this point him to the Lord or did it point him towards being, you know, infatuated with or obsessed with the angel itself? Um, and I think that, that that'll kind of tell us what we need to know. Because here's what I would tell you is that much more than, you know, an angel can't, um, an angel's a messenger, right? And so angels can't do anything, in other words, to help us in regard to our salvation, in regard to relationship with God. That's all been done by Jesus and by, by the Lord himself for us. And so rather than putting our trust or our hope in angels or, or looking for angels in different places, um, as we see in the Bible, the purpose of angelic visions and things like that was always either to convey something from God or to point people to God. And so that would be my advice to your father and to you is to seek the Lord, because if it was an angel from the Lord, then that would have been the the goal and purpose anyway. And if it wasn't from the Lord, then you should still seek the Lord. Right. We're both believers. That's awesome. Good. You guys excited for Easter? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Good. Awesome. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything else going on in your life that you're curious about from a biblical perspective, maybe how to apply certain Bible passages to your life, how certain things add up. I'd love to uh, talk with you and answer some of those questions. I'd love to uh, pray for your prayer requests. So give me a call. We've got all open lines right now, so we can get you right onto the show. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Uh, a few follow-ups on some of our previous callers. Um, we were talking about talking with Will about you know why... Is it that Will said he doesn't see a lot of things um, like miracles going on in the, in the church in the same way that it seems that they were going on in the New Testament times? And I just had a few further thoughts following up on that. One of those thoughts is that Jesus, if you look, there are, I mean, I think there's somewhere around 10 to 12 times where Jesus says that the reason he came was to preach. That's interesting because I think a lot of people, when they think about Jesus, they think, oh, you know, Jesus came and he did miracles and did all these things. But Jesus wanted to make it really clear. He came to do two things, to preach. And then he said another time, this is the reason why I've come. And it was to give his life as a ransom for us to, to redeem us and set us free from sin and, and from death. And so Jesus, when people asked him, why did you come? He didn't say he came to do miracles or to show people things. He came to say, I came to preach. I thought it was really funny because I, I was talking with someone online once and they were saying, oh, you know, um, people today, you know, they preach, but Jesus never preached. He wasn't a preachy guy. Jesus always just taught. And I said, okay, well, there's literally like all these passages where Jesus says with his own words, I came to preach. I came to preach. And there's a difference between preaching and teaching. The difference is that Preaching is about proclaiming something. And teaching is about, you know, instructing, giving information that somebody might not have known. And, and I, I find this helpful distinction because on Sundays we call what we do preaching. Now I understand that the word preach can sometimes have a negative connotation because, right, like people don't want to be preachy. That's a very pejorative word. But here's the thing about preaching is that I think that preaching is necessary because it's declaring something that is true whether you already know it's true or not, I'm going to declare it. So like, for example, this, this is, here we are coming up to Good Friday today and Easter. And I think that many of you out there probably know that Jesus died for our sins and he resurrected so that we could have new life. And yet you also need to hear it. You need to have someone say it to you. It's not just about learning a new thing. It's about hearing that thing which you already know, and be reminded of it in a new context, in a fresh day. You need to be reminded of the fact that God loves you. You know, Paul says this. He says, um, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say it, rejoice. It is not a problem for me to tell you the same thing over and over. And actually, it is for your benefit. He says that in Philippians. And so I would say that that is a big part of it. So um, it's also important to ask this question. Why did Jesus perform miracles 
Because I think that that's a question that not a lot of people ask, right? They just think, okay, cool, Jesus did miracles. And he told his apostles and disciples, you will do miracles also. But what was the purpose of those miracles? And that brings us back to the Gospel of John, where John consistently refers to miracles, not as miracles. His Gospel, he refers to them as signs. And a lot of people have said, if you look at the Gospels, every Gospel breaks into two sections. Uh, the book of the signs and the book of the passion. So every gospel, like John's gospel, actually divides almost right in half the book of the signs and the book of the passion. Uh, other gospels, they divide a little bit different, but the point is that they all have these two kind of phases of Jesus' life and ministry that they focus on. The, the ministry of the signs, pointing to the kingdom, pointing to who he was, and then the uh, book of the passion, talking about what he did in order to save us through his death and resurrection. So that's an interesting thought there. Well, we've got some more colors. In the meantime, let's go to our next one. Um, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, so I'm going to try Michalina in Westminster. Hi there. Welcome to the program. Did I pronounce your name right? Um, it's actually Michalina, but that's okay. Michalina, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. I'm trying to find a place to pull my car over so that we get good reception. Um, can you hear me okay? Because I'm actually driving down the road. I can, can hear you hear just me? fine. Yep. Go okay, good. Because I prayed for God for this call to come through. First of all, I want to tell you, I've never done anything like this in my life, but I have um, an 11-year-old little boy who's in a wheelchair. Mm. He's on a feeding tube. He is on a heart monitor right now. Um, he's been, I hate to say, going downhill, but um, he wasn't supposed to live at all. And it's a miracle that we've had him for 11 years, and um, I just would like to request to lift him yeah. myself because... Um, I've been suffering from some severe depression trying to navigate through this. And um, he's got every doctor at Children's Hospital on board, you know, and um, several other doctors from Boston and Seattle. And I was listening earlier about sometimes God says no, and, I, you know, I really appreciate that, that, that you guys had on the radio earlier. Cause, but, I mean, and Makai's been in the church many times, and I was telling the other guy that, He's preverbal. He didn't speak at all until he was eight years old. And one of the first things he told me was about how God brought him here to me. And he talks about Jesus, and he tells me about the gates, the pearly gates of heaven. I mean, the things that he can say that I have no idea is just amazing. He loves to talk about Jesus and God and angels. And um, he likes to tell me all the time how God brought me to me, to you, Mommy. And um, I'd just like to see if he could lift my family up and lift my son up and... Um, Help him gain weight, get his color back, help his heart. Absolutely. Um, Let's pray for him. What's his name? Oh, I might have lost you there for a second. Okay, I well, apologize. I'm trying to find somewhere to pull over, and I am no, on a you're good. road where well, I can't pull over. What's your son's name? But I can hear you. Okay. Mikai. Okay, so let's go ahead and pray for him. And I just encourage everybody out there listening, uh, join me in praying for Michaelina and Mikai uh, for for this prayer request. And um, let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you Michaelina as a mother. Lord, we lift up Mikai as a son, Lord, as a child and, and somebody you care about, somebody that you knit together, Lord. And you, you knew ahead of time that this is the struggle that he would have in his life. But I thank you, Lord, for giving this family 11 years so far with this son. Lord, thank you for the ways that you have worked in their hearts and their lives uh, by having this difficulty and this, this um, disability in their lives. Lord, thank you for the ways in which you cause them to grow in empathy 
and concern, Lord, to share your heart for those who are uh, struggling and those who have, um, who have difficulties. Lord, I pray for Mikai specifically, Lord, for his healing. I thank you that he has learned to talk. I thank you, Lord, that he uh, is able to grow and do different things, Lord, that um, his mind is able to be aware of what's happening around him. And Lord, thank you that he loves you and that he wants to be with you in heaven. And Lord, thank you that because of the resurrection, Lord, that is possible. Lord, thank you that one day in you, Mikai can be totally healed, totally well, have a new body and be able to speak and run and hug. And Lord, we pray for that day. We, we look forward to it. We pray that, Lord, you'd help Michaelina even now to live in the hope of that day as she lives out her days here on earth. But Lord, we also do pray in Jesus' powerful name, Lord, that you would bring healing to Mekhi. Lord, heal him from, uh, from the cardiac issues he has, the cerebral issues that he has. Lord, we pray that you would be with him, bless him, and bring healing to his body. And Lord, we thank you for the great hope of the gospel that goes beyond this life and beyond disability, beyond the grave. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. God bless you, Michael, um, and thank you for yes. calling in. I'm good. Oh, I listen to you guys all the time. I finally decided it's time to be brave enough to do it. And good. thank you so much. So okay. glad that you did. God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. God bless you. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Um, I want to, Before we go to our next caller, I just want to tell you real quickly that... Um, our church here in Longmont, if you are looking for a place to worship today on Good Friday, we have two services coming up right after the show. One of them starts at 5 o'clock, just in about 15 minutes from now, and the other one starts at 6.30, so that'll give you a little bit more time if you're not ready yet. But 5 o'clock and 6.30, we have Good Friday services in person and online here at our church in Longmont. And uh, we're, I'm excited for them. They're going to be a little bit different than what we usually do on Sundays, um, really reflective on what Jesus did for us and what it means that it is finished. And so we invite you to join us. Uh, you can join us um, in person at our church location, which is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado, just right on Highway 119 near I-25 and near County Line Road here in the east side of Longmont. So that is 2950 Colorful Avenue, or you can just Google us, Whitefields Community Church. Just remember, Whitefields is two words. And then uh, you can also join us online on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, or on Facebook or YouTube. We'll be broadcasting these services there as well if you can't come out in person. And we'd love to have you come worship with us. Uh, let's go to our next caller, Sarah in Colorado. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, can you hear me? I can. Okay. I uh, was just calling for a prayer request for my husband and I and my family. We have two kids, four-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter, and um, we are have been struggling with alcohol addiction, mm. and my husband's currently clean and working on recovery, and, and I, I, I keep relapsing, and I just need some guidance on what to do and, and how to um, break that cycle that keeps pulling me back into alcohol. And um, that's my prayer request. Yeah, that's a great prayer request. Let's pray for that. 
Lord, we lift up to you, Sarah, and just with everybody listening, we say yes and amen, Lord. We just, um, Lord, we, we ask that you'd hold her, Lord, surround her with your presence, and Lord, that you would help her and her husband to have success uh, recovering from alcohol. Lord, that their family would be set free from this bondage to addiction. And Lord, that you'd help them, that you'd bring around them people who are able to help them stay accountable and people who are able to help them to choose the better way. Lord, we pray that you'd help them to get into a good program. And Lord, that they would um, they would do the things that you're calling them to do and take those steps of faith, whether that means going to recovery uh, programs, whether it means uh, changing friends, changing environments. I don't know what it is, Lord, but would you help them to break out of these cycles of abuse? And Lord, that, that would be a blessing for their kids. So Lord, we just ask in your powerful name, Lord, just as you can heal people from sickness, Lord, we also believe that you can set people free from addiction. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do that in Jesus' name. Let them experience the power of uh, your touch, your power at work within them, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave. Lord, we pray that it would be at work in them to uh, resist temptation and to be set free from addiction. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, Sarah. We look forward to hearing the, the good reports about your success, okay? Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Before we go to our next caller, we have a text message that came in today. Someone says this uh, regarding marriage. And they said, a couple of days ago, someone told me that sex out of marriage is a sin but what if I don't want to get married? Me and my girlfriend have been together for seven years. We have a six-month-old baby, but I just don't want to get married. Um, it's not something I've been fond of, not something I want to do. I feel like a piece of paper shouldn't tell you if you two bond. And also, please pray for my family. So here's uh, here's what I would tell you. I don't I don't know your name or where you're uh, texting from. Except that I do know you're texting from Colorado. Um, I would just tell you this. I would ask you the question of why it is that you don't want to get married. Is, is it just that you feel that a piece of paper uh, shouldn't tell you, you know, who you can bond with? I, I would agree with that. I think that a piece of paper doesn't tell you who you bond with. But I will tell you this, that um, having that piece of paper is really important for a few reasons. One of the reasons is intimacy. So a lot of people like yourself might say that having a piece of paper is less intimate, right? What's intimate about going to a courthouse and signing a legal document? Well, what's intimate about it is that what you're doing is you're essentially telling your partner, I want to be with you and I'm closing all doors, you know, not only relationally, but also legally. I am locking myself into this relationship because that's how committed I am to it and to you. Now, I noticed that you call this family of yours, um, and I think rightly so, you call it a family. You, you talk about having a baby together. Here's what I would tell you, that marriage is an institution not just of the state, it's an institution of God before there ever was a state. Right? We see this back in the book of Genesis. We see two people before God, but then here's the thing that happens. Some people say, well, then can't we just be married before God? Yeah, but then you got to understand that God then also right gives his blessing upon the state in these sorts of matters. And so we see that like in Romans chapter 13, right? That we're to honor the state in these matters. And so here's what I would tell you. To not be legally married, there's no such thing as being married in God's eyes and not being legally married. And so 
it would seem to me that there's some reason why you don't want to do this, which goes beyond just saying that you don't want to have a paper. And I, I would guess that your partner, your girlfriend in this case, um, if you would ask her, you know, does she want to get married? Uh, my guess is she probably does. And the fact that you don't want to get married probably leaves a question mark in her mind. And perhaps rightly so, because essentially what you're doing is you're leaving the door open for you to easily walk away, right? Without having any kind of legal repercussions. You're leaving the door open for you to walk away from your family. And there's nothing intimate about that. There's nothing intimate about saying, essentially you're treating the relationship like a consumer relationship, not like a covenant relationship. And we see that when, when God enters into covenants with his people in the Bible, like in Genesis 15 or in other places, there's a covenant ceremony. Sometimes there are covenant renewal ceremonies as well. And the purpose of the ceremony is that you take vows before each other with witnesses. And you say, this is what I'm going to do, and I want you to hold me to it. Right? So by not doing that, um, I don't think that you're honoring God, and I don't think you're honoring your girlfriend, nor are you honoring your child. Right? You're saying that you want to have all the benefits of being married and you expect that your girlfriend will treat you with those same benefits of a married person and yet you don't want to give her the security and, and I would say respect in that case of saying I'm going to close all doors and lock myself into this because I have no intention of leaving. Now if you do have an intention of leaving, that's a whole different issue and I think that needs to be dealt with as soon as possible. Um, because that's really not fair for you to be leaving the back door open. And the other thing, right, think about it like this. A consumer relationship is often what we have like with our butcher, right? We, we say, or, or let's say any, anybody who sells a service or a product, right? Uh, you know, if I can go to you and get what I want at a, at a fair price, then I'll keep coming to you unless I can find somebody who can give me a better product at a better price. And if you treat uh, another person like that, especially a person with whom you know, you're expecting things in return. That is, that's a consumer relationship. But God designed marriage to be a picture of his love and his care in a covenant relationship. In a covenant relationship, you lock yourself in. You say, this is what I'm going to do regardless of what you do, regardless of if there's a better deal out there somewhere else. I am going to place my love upon you and give you my faithfulness wholeheartedly because that is what God has done us and the Bible tells us that marriage is designed by God to be a picture of his love and faithfulness. So I hope that answers your question. It might not be what you want to hear, but I would really encourage you uh, to, to consider it. Let's go to one last caller. Uh, we've got Raleigh in Highlands Ranch. Hi, Raleigh. Welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing? Good. We've only got a few minutes, just a heads up. Okay, I'll make it quick. Um, so my wife and I are believers and you know we're we're, uh, you know, we know we need to uh, pray to come to the, the conclusions through God's way, but we're uh, sort of getting tugged back and forth uh, with respect to whether or not uh, the corona uh, or the COVID-19 vaccine is uh, something we will want to take or not. And so I'm wondering if this question has been asked and if there's some uh, biblical perspective on uh, how to think about taking or not taking this vaccine. Yeah, great question, Raleigh. It has been asked, I'm sure, of every pastor out there uh, basically constantly, you know, uh, for the past six months. And, um, you know, I've, I've been asked it myself constantly by people in our church. Here are a few things I will tell you. 
I think it is um, not only unbiblical, but also unwise to go around saying this is the mark of the beast. So I think that that argument should be taken off the table. There are so many reasons why this cannot be the mark of the beast. Um, the main one being that the mark of the beast is not something that you will get accidentally, right? The mark of the beast is as opposed to the mark of the lamb. This is what people always forget about. They always talk about the mark of the beast, but they forget that the, the other people are marked with the mark of the lamb. And so clearly this is not, you know, something that you're going to get on accident and say, oh, oops, I got the mark of the beast. I never wanted to get it, but I accidentally got it because I was trying to be loving to my neighbors and get a vaccine that would prevent me from spreading a deadly virus. Okay, so that sh argument should be taken off the table. Beyond that, I think we only have principles to go by, which are, you know, is this loving and is it wise? I think that if this vaccine is indeed safe, then it would be loving um, and it would be wise. Now, that is really, I think, the big question. Is it safe and is it responsible for us to take this? Um, and if it is, then I, I don't think there should be any hesitation in taking it. But um, that's why we have to do research and that's why we have to pray and seek the Lord. But Raleigh, we've only got a few seconds left, but is there any particular thing that, that causes you to not want to take it? Oh, just the unknown consequences of things like this down the road, like our kids being able to um, have kids. and Sure. Uh, no, that's that's yeah. important. Okay, I have to let you go, but I would say, yeah, be praying about those things. That's important. God bless you. Hey, Good Friday is today. We're gonna. I'm transitioning right into service right now. God bless you. Have a great Good Friday, and I'll be with you again next week. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.